our website is www.northeastpremier.com. Uh, and uh, you can find us really easily on Facebook as well, just Northeast Premier. Uh, same thing with Twitter and Instagram. It is at Northeast Premier. Um, and then we are on YouTube as well. We've actually recently started a YouTube. Um, I mean, we have things on YouTube, but we actually just started a YouTube series, and it is Athletes of Northeast Premier. Welcome to Full Press, the Field Hockey Podcast, a series of interviews with members of the hockey community across the globe. My aim is to shine a light on the valuable insight our hockey community has to offer. If you have a story, we want to hear it. My name is Chris Pothier, and I'll be your host. Shall we begin? Full Press, the Field Hockey Podcast, is proud to work alongside the Hockey Factory Shop USA, the official distributor of Adidas Field Hockey, the only 360-degree product range. Specialist field hockey shoes, cutting-edge stick technology, bags, shin pads, and customizable team uniforms. Check them out at hfssport.com. That is hfssport.com. Just like Adidas, here at Full Press, we are creators. Let's begin. Welcome to this week of Full Press, the Field Hockey Podcast. Uh, another first. We've given uh, you guys a, a bunch of um, individual interviews. Um, I think you're going to love this one. Uh, a slightly different part of the hockey community. Um, not really talking umpiring, not talking college or club or high school, but what do you do after you finish playing college field hockey in this country? Um, and we have two people that um, are on the tipping, uh, on, the, on the front edge, uh, creating opportunity for adult field hockey players in the local Boston, New England area. Again, I'm sticking to my New England roots. At some point, I'll get out. Um, but for now, um, I'd like to introduce Mari and Lacey. Um, welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you for having us. Hi, thanks. You're most welcome. First uh, first time we've had two guests, so hopefully all goes smooth and the, and the sound for listeners uh at home is uh, is as smooth as can be. Um, so, uh, Mari, since you're, I guess you, you know, you're the the senior member here um, to a degree. Uh, you know, at the at the very very start of this, um, can you just kind of go into what is the NEPL? Uh, why did it start? Um, and just kind of a basic introduction of yourself and, and your your hockey background um, and uh, how you got involved. Sure. Um, so I'll start with myself. Um, Mari Creatini. I was born in Argentina, uh, played field hockey there until I moved uh, at 11 years old to the Boston area. And um, back then, field hockey did not exist for middle schoolers. Um, It wasn't only until high school, played uh, Newton Mass, and then uh, eventually got recruited to Northeastern. And I played four years there and did really well. and I, w- I always wanted to keep going in some sort of fashion after I was done with my NCAAs and um, came to basically uh, a harsh reality that there wasn't any sort of playing opportunities. Um, when I finished, I sort of um, fell in a small I, – I, I played with the um, – Summer League, which uh, now is known as High Performance, which I think now is known as something else, but um, no young women's championship. Okay, yeah, like it's sort of evolved over the years. <laughs> always. And um, but that was after I had played, and I was probably one of maybe two people that were still playing competitively at the time. And um, in there, I met a lot of younger uh, players that were still in college, but sort of kind of finishing their careers uh, NCAA-wise. One was uh, Chelsea Fioli. And at the time, she had just started uh, Northeast Elite, her club. And uh, we were we were talking about, like, what's next, you know, what to do, and the kind of frustration that there wasn't anything for us to really do. Um, I had mentioned that when I was in at Northeastern, we had scrimmaged some uh, post-collegiate players, like Minutemen and maybe some other kind of club teams uh, in the spring. And that kind of gave us the idea, well, why don't we start a group of, you know, a team, a select team and try to see if we can get on 
like a spring uh, tournament circuit. And we did that, I think that was in 2013. And we got like three spring tournaments, which is really awesome. Uh, but it was sort of, that was it, three days, right? Um, so that totally like got me going. Um, and I was like, okay, we have to come up with something. The wheels started yeah, turning. Totally. Sure. Um, and that's when the idea um, that had been sort of developing over a few years uh, kind of just took off and I couldn't turn it off. And that's when the idea of Northeast Premier League came up um, and um, started the nonprofit, uh, made it a 5013C officially uh, with a mission to provide a competitive adult league, non-NCAA field hockey league in Boston and to promote the sport within our community. And that was like the essence of it, kind of simple, but very like to the point we want a competitive league in our area and um well that was um i recruited my co-captain from northeastern leanne dixon and nice. uh, that was it i started the league um back then and that was just the two of us uh, so that was 2014 um and uh that's really what started off we uh we i reached out to my field hockey influencers in the area you were one of them um, anybody that had a club or sort of a continued playing uh, sure. beyond um, Chelsea, um, Darren um, from HTC, et cetera, people like that, to help spread the word. And um, it, I felt it was really important to make sure it was uh, co-ed um, because the community of field hockey in the world is not just women. Um, and I felt it was really important to help grow our sport in the area for that reason. Um, so. We started with six teams that first year. Um, we uh, to create like that team nest. We provided league uniforms, and you know that that sort of started it off. Um, and each year we've been growing ever since. One of them being um, the board, and that's when Lacey and you temporarily came on board as well. Um, we've sort of evolved over the years. So it seems like, and and Lacey, we'll get to your introduction, you know, in one second. That the league was different, you know. There were, I think, there was certainly some pickup hockey, but not as when I say professionalized, I mean the team uniforms, the schedule, a central line of communications coming from whoever it is on the board, yourself or Leanne, or when I was involved. Um, so it, it seemed like there was really nothing else with this sort of standard that put an emphasis on the surface and the umpiring. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I felt um, in order to attract the best, well, what was available at the time was maybe 77 field with modified rules, no goalies, no corners, um, short field, um, definitely like, if, if you wanted to play with men, it would only be pickup, you know, that kind of, that was it. There was nothing structured, nothing where like your goals were tracked and tallied and met. You were, you had a goal of a championship, you know, you're, you're working as a team for a goal, common goal. Um, there was nothing like that. So when the league was started there, I was very, uh, besides just like wanting to have a competitive place, it was really important to have, the quality of that community and, and bringing that. So emphasis on the field. So it had to be wet turf. It had to be centralized. So that make sure it was accessible to people. Um, we had to make sure we did the best we could to uh, pay the best officials in our area, just because smart players means that they can get away with things if the umpiring doesn't know what they're getting away with and doesn't know the game. Sure. Um, and things can get out of hand pretty oh, quick. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and um, especially with those chirping men out and, there. And let's just remember, we're all post collegiate. We don't have like a, a medical facility, like athletic director, like right on the field for you. You, know, you get hurt. You have to go. And to we work all think we can run as fast as we used to be able yeah, to. And and we all have to go to work the next day. You know, there's no. Sure. We have to make sure it's, it's it's a safe place for you to do what you can and promote sport, how it's supposed to be played. Um, so that was really critical, uh, the field, the umpiring, and then that would attract the best players. 
so we so it seems like we have a, a need for it we have a vision with you um, and then we you know we create a bit of a mission um, you know we develop a board there's a uh, certain lines of communication some professionalism organized with this um, and then Lacey you know you come in uh, slightly after the start um, you know go into you know what was attractive about the concept to you um, you know and certainly touch on um, your 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 background and how you got involved in the sport um please by all means the mic is yours <laughs> well uh you know same as yourself and mari uh you know basically raised in massachusetts around the uh boston area and pretty much everybody from massachusetts says we're from the boston area anyway um but i grew up down the south shore and uh, went on to play in college went on to coach at a lot of colleges and got the opportunity i was really fortunate to be able to play in a bunch of different countries um so when you say that there was a need for this there was definitely a need because i had just come back from uh, a tour playing internationally for a club in switzerland and when i got back to the states i had said you know i'd, I'd kind of like to take a break from hockey for a while because i had been full-time hockey all the time for I don't know, since I left college and I was like in my mid thirties. So I was like, okay, I want to take a break from hockey. And then uh, I was working one last summer camp and Sarah shoot from BU said, do you want to come help me out at BU? I mean, who says no to Sarah shoot? She's awesome. Sure. Um, you know, meeting the BU staff, I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I'll volunteer a little bit. I'm going to try and figure out something else to do on the side and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's actually when I met Mari who was doing her, uh, who had her, you know, traveling band of Mary field hockey players in the area who were looking for different scrimmages. And she came up to me. I'd never met her. And she came up to me and was like, hey, because I was playing goalkeeper for one of the BU teams who made like a little mini tournament thing for ourselves. She says, hey, any chance you'd want to play um, in a league that we've been thinking about, uh, you know? And I said, yeah, sure. Let me know when that starts up. That would be great. And she started to, you know, send me emails saying, Hey, guess what? We've got this league going. Um, now, you know, as I was saying a need, there was definitely a need. I was going through major withdrawal. This was something that was a big, big part of my life, not just as a coach and being in the world of hockey. And when I say the world of hockey, it's like, I don't know, I compare it to Harry Potter. It's like, there's a bunch of wizards and then there's a bunch of non-wizards. You know what I mean? Like, Sure. We're all a yeah, hockey world. Yeah, and, you don't get it unless you're yeah, inside. And people on the yeah. outside don't really understand all the awesomeness and all the people that go into it, um, you know, into this game. So there was definitely a need for people who wanted to play, who wanted to experience these things and experience each other. And, you know, right away I was hooked because I showed up and I saw the uniforms. I saw the teams. I saw the watered turf. I saw the officials. And I was so happy I wanted to cry. I was just so, so happy, um, you know, that there was this place right here in my own home city that we could play. And I mean, like, really, really play. Um, so that, you know, and I played that first season. And then the second season, I, you know, kind of was like tag along the sidelines, you know, walking back and forth saying hi to you guys a whole bunch of times. And then you know, it just started with me offering to do social media for the league, um, you know, which kind of which definitely grew into my involvement more in becoming a member of the board um, of a lot of the things that I've done professionally. Northeast Premier is definitely it's, it's one of the things I'm the most proud of because we have grown this league into something that was for the players, by the players into something that was even much, much more powerful within the country as far as offering joy, friendship, game at a competitive level. And, you know, when Mari says things like, you know, we all have to go to work the next day, that type of thing, it's true. We don't hold back and we all walk in with black eyes the next day. Chris, you were there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's, um, it's just something so incredibly special to be a part of. Uh, you know, and it's, it, it's, I am, I'm just really proud of it. So, you know, talking about, uh, you know, one thing I want to kind of focus on, uh, next, and you had mentioned it is, you know, 
where you were and where we are essentially, right? So 2014, you guys had six teams. Uh, we grew to eight teams. Um, and then we started to have some other initiatives and, you know, and you guys can both take a stab at this, Mar. if you want to start, um, dirty water tournament, which is a hosted tournament that we, you know, uh, you guys run in the Boston area. And then also let's talk about the uh, partnership with the, uh, us FHL, um, which is kind of a national sort of adult league, you know, and, and how those two initiatives, complemented each other how the partnerships came about um and you know and maybe you know where the idea of the dirty water tournament kind of came from okay um i'll I'll maybe take this one um so yeah so uh basically each year we uh, each year we we go through the season and we make sure to survey people like whether it's a like a some sort of survey monkey or physically talking to people for feedback for what do you want to see next? What do you want? What doesn't work? You know, that kind of, uh, so that when we go off season, we, we figure out where can we grow? Where, where do people want to see more of, et cetera. So each year we've, we've grown in some sort of capacity. Um, so eight teams immediately into eight teams, uh, we're still co-ed. Um, and then we launched the Dirty Water because it was a different sort of, we can invite teams from other areas to come to Boston. Um, and right first year we had Florida, we had Atlanta, we teams from New York. It's another way to promote the sport in general, to bring back the whole national community together. And uh, so the USFHL, uh, the US Field Hockey League, it's another um partner, I guess, a nonprofit that was started to help all the leagues across the country come together and and basically only the champions from each league earn their bid to play in this tournament. Um, So starting in 2017, we partnered with them. So our 2017 partner uh, champions uh, were able to be uh, sent to um, to the tournament um, starting in 2018 because of when the tournament happens, it's always like the following year, um, just because we we don't have a winner before the tournament happens. Um, and that's a men's separate and women. Yeah, that's a so, separate men's and women's tournament. Correct. correct. They have separate divisions, men's and women's divisions, which means for our co-ed teams, they have to split into a women's and a men's team. Um, and gotcha. uh, we, we have a. Um, a limit on how many men can play at any given time just to make the the, the playing field a little bit more fair because not all um, not everybody you know um, it, it, like every it was a way to handicap the, the teams in general and make sure every everything was sort of play, played in a, in a, in a fashion um, so we we always struggle with sending a men's team to the tournament but um so but regardless, sending a team to the Nationals was a huge win. Everybody that participated thought it was the most amazing thing. Um, a great way, another way to bring the entire national field hockey community to one area for one time of, you know, one weekend a year and uh, yep. be the best hockey that you could have and really determine the best um the best team out in the country uh, any given year. Um, so it's another way for us to continue that competitiveness that we all have and want to continue doing. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's how it started. And we've been every, every year it has that the people want to go back so much that winning our championship, the Northeast premier championship means that much more now. Sure, because you get that experience. And, you know, I think outside of Cal Cup, there's probably not much like competitive, full field, properly umpired, well managed by a board, you know, tournaments that's full field men's and women's separate. I I can't, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't think of anything. I know a couple indoor with Big Apple or seven aside events, but it seems like that's a really, uh, you know, a really great opportunity. Um, And have we participated in that the last two years? Correct. We've had, we've sent two, uh, well, technically four teams um, down for the past two years, and this will be our third. 
That's awesome. So, uh, you know, a lot of growth in a short amount of time, it seems, um, you know, uh, Lacey, I'll send this next question to you. Um, you know, being you're involved in the social media and you really kind of have that marketing, uh, side down, you know, talk a little bit about, and, and I, I am a bit removed, but talk a little bit about the culture and just the influence of social media and, and connection. And I don't know if that makes sense, but I just, to me, when I think about the NAPL, I think connection. I think it's a very small, tight-knit world, and you do a really great job uh, ex- kind of exposing that and, and, and telling that story you know, via the social media and your marketing that you do. Oh, thank you, Chris. Um, yeah, it's, that's, that's the whole thing. It is a fantastic uh, group of people that's growing more and more. Um, you know, and I think when we say, when we talk about the league, you know, there have been some people who will, you know, play in these, um, uh, you know, play in different leagues, uh, that are like Mari said, you know, like the seven aside, no goalie, no ref type of thing. When I tell them about our league, um, you know, the point is, is that we're, we're very competitive in that. Yes, we have some really advanced players, but we're also extremely friendly. You know, I mean, you will, make some great friends. You will play some great games. Everybody does want to be safe. Everybody does want to have fun, but we also, you know, we want to play with each other against each other. Um, as far as the social media goes, I try and get as much as I can about the athletes and their lives, but it's, you know, we've got so many great people. Um, it's almost hard to cover it all. You know, we've had people who have donated organs, people who have served time in the service, people who have played internationally, um, you know, people who have done amazing things in their careers, people who have done great things with their families. Um, you know, and we all come together two or three times a week to be able to play together in this league. And as it grows, we're just getting prouder and prouder of the quality people that we get to be with us. That's an, that's a really easy thing to market. <laughs> um, you know sure. what I mean? It's because you can it's very organic. Yes, you can put the word out there like, hey, this is a league. Hey, this is a league. Uh, you know, but it's it's the when we say the community is growing, it is the community. Um you know, it's it's friends talking to friends saying, hey, you should come ch- check this out. Hey, you should come play. It's friends talking to friends saying, hey, come watch me play. It's friends talking to friends, uh, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to sacrifice this night because I'm going into Boston. I've got to go play. Um, it's families coming together. It's little kids being on the sidelines with their parents. It's really, really great. And you know what? I also know people who uh, get extra time off of work. <laughs> For the, for two things, one of them is for, um, you know, and this is even outside of their vacation time. There's people in the league that take their vacation time, but also get extra time from their boss off of work for two reasons. One is so they can play uh, Masters World Cup. And two is so that they can go to the national championship. Uh, Dedication. Yes, and Absolute commitment. So, you know, you, you walk into, um, you know, you could walk into somebody's office it can be your boss and you can say um i'm part of this league look at what it does and right now i'm at a point in my life where i can go and compete for a national championship as an adult who's gonna say no nobody um you know and it's it can be the same thing when it comes to sponsorships which is actually a really big part of our league as well is marketing our sponsorships and that we've got great people and we really love when great organizations want to be a part of us as well. I know that Shamit has been a really, really big part of that every year. Um, the Kingsbury Club and Spa has been a big part of that every year. There's been uh, various uh, – I, I know that Ainsley was a part of that. I know that um, Kendra was a part of that. Kendra Lucking was a part of that. We get a lot of people yep. that do invest in us, uh, you know, not just – playing wise, but also sponsorship wise, which is a really great thing too. Um, you know, so that's, that's pretty much that. And I, I think that's great. I, I think what the listeners are going to hear, you know, from interview to interview and, and kind of the, the core purpose of this podcast is the community that we have in this country. Um, and it's, it's really, 
it, it's something special, um, you know, helping each other, whether it's you're in the club scene or the college scene or the umpiring scene. Um, and now in, in, in the adult hockey world, it's really contagious and something that, uh, you know, it, it makes, you know, work or the admin or the running the Instagram account just that much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, and I think transitioning from that is, is going to be Mari. Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, the current board members that you have now. I know it's not just uh, two or three now. And, you know, how you guys break up the responsibilities. And then, you know, now, you know, people are going to be balancing families, uh, you know, new families as yourself. Um, you know, it, has, has that been a challenge? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, our board this um, has evolved uh, over the years, and um, we've we've obviously had to grow that in order to support us expanding our reach, right? Um, so I'm still sort of leading the the, the troop here, uh, but we have Lacey, um, Meg Bozek, Franny Augustine, um, and then most recently we've. Um, we have uh, as advisory members this year, um, and we'll likely vote them in uh, next year's Madison Finn and Ed DeVries. Um, each person brings uh, a different diversity um, uh, or strengths, and uh, definitely the common denominator is having a passion for the sport. Um, Meg brings her college coaching, um, uh, I guess, um, networking uh she she's able to connect with all of them so that we can form the recent uh like the seniors in college and trying to get them excited about playing um still playing somehow um or recent alumni that are starting to miss the competitiveness and then all of a sudden offer that through the alumni network um so she brings that network for us um Franny and Lacey split a lot of our social media and marketing. And, uh, and then most recently, um, Ed brings the, the male, like, uh, basically side of things. Uh, what do the guys want as far as playing? And what, where, where do you want to see yourself in the future? Making sure we have that voice for the guys. Um, and Madison's uh, a person that, with the men and men does a lot of the logistics and she can definitely add some of that. Um, I'm still uh, kind of overseeing everything from a uh, administrative point, like to making sure we do our taxes and make sure we do all, all of our sure. stuff like that. Um, I might order. Sounds like the really, really fun stuff. I, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's... <laughs> although you are a wizard with numbers. <laughs> so, she, is, <laughs> she is the Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, happens. make sure we we it's have fine. like our budget and we stick to that and we commit to that as a board. And then you know, then we assign things that we might order. We might split things. So these are the things that happen that people may not realize during the off season. We spend many many hours trying to put this together so that we're a go come August, um, come May. And so, um, but yeah, so there's a lot of things behind the scenes that I'm I'm sort of making sure that that happens um so that's the board right now the board the board is awesome the board is awesome (laughs) i love working with all of these people i know that um you know it definitely takes an army because this has grown into such a great thing uh i can't give everybody enough props i mean mari is beyond beyond when it comes to organizing and running a business which is basically what she's done with this. Um, well, we're a nonprofit, and we don't make any money. I, I know, I know. <laughs> well, um, right. We don't, we don't make clarify. any money. We don't make any money. We put it all back. Um, oh, you guys aren't making millions off of your lobby? Holy not. moly, no kidding. Definitely not. Um, Therefore, Zach and Franny yeah. took us to another – yeah, Boz and Fran took us to another level when it comes to numbers, um, you know, they really are great with getting out there, helping us get the word out. And, um, you know, also, you know, just really interacting with players and being those boots on the ground with people, they'll see their faces all the time. And it's like, Hey, come play, come play. And you know what props to them too, because those two and Madison and added quite a bit, but they are all over the country being in these tournaments as well, representing you know, the city of Boston representing the league. Um, it's, you know, props to them too, in basically creating 
you know, teams out of the Northeast Premier to go and play in different tournaments and help represent Boston on all the different shores. Um, you know, Madison is just a really, really great person to add to that as well, because she's right in there, the mix with everybody. And Ed, everybody loves Ed. Everybody loves Ed. <laughs> So when it comes to, uh, you know, having a, a guy's voice, um, you know, he's right on board. He's right there. He's happy to do it, um, you know, and he's he's going to make sure that we don't leave certain details out that need to be covered within the, the league. Let's let's talk a little bit about the the men's side of things, just because it, it's, a, you know, not a topic of debate by any means. But, you know, it's whether you have three men or five men or you make it separate. But then does the men game survive if it's separate? I, I, I know in 2020, you guys are planning on having a separate men's division and a separate women's division you know what was kind of the turning point of making that decision and then have we had any pushback um has there been any sort of uh you know sort of issues with that and do we see you know the men actually being able to because i mean let's be honest i mean it's usually the ladies that steer the train and the men just kind of follow and show up and play so now you know it's kind of the responsibilities on them to get a little bit more organized and commit to something um talk to me a little bit about how that kind of came about and any sort of issues with that so far so um well there are guys that play in this area and they're very good. Um, the numbers are not always consistent to your point. Um, so to elevate the game in general, I've always felt it was really important to make sure they were included. And so therefore we became a co-ed team and the number of players allowed in one field sort of evolved over the years. I think our first year we were four guys and then, with some feedback, it, we had tailed it back to three, but got, goalies don't count. So every year we've sort of changed the rules to make sure I was as competitive as it could be so that one team didn't like completely, you know, go crazy with the against another team, like eight or 10 zero, something like that. We wanted to. Because not all teams have guys. Right. The and then, you know, they might right. have yeah. women players that are not necessarily at the same level as just because it's a guy doesn't mean this or mean that they're like, amazing players but there's definitely something to the speed sure. and some things like that that do make a difference but in general there were some teams that weren't necessarily even or really given a chance because of some of just from bottom like athletic ability and never mind technical skill for or how smart they are for hockey smart right so yep. Um, so with some feedback, like you include in there hockey smart. It's very important that we make that note. Yeah. Yeah. bright. So yeah. So we've, we've sort of evolved, like, what does it mean to have guys on, on the field? Right. And, um, and so as we started to promote the sport, promote the game, we started to get more guys out there in different teams and, uh, not just a team, like the Minutemen always brought full force a ton of guys in fact they had to say no to a bunch of them because they were just not getting enough playing time in in order to make sure they met their minimum on the field um so there was always like a need for some teams wanted more but some teams didn't want any you know it was sort of like a weird thing uh, but overall it, i felt like there was like a need but not we weren't really sure on numbers um i think it became uh, very evident that we were missing something when our um, on our second year. So last year, when we sent a, a men's team to nationals, because they're used to playing against women, sort of holding back a little bit, they got murdered <laughs> at nationals because <laughs> steamroll. <laughs> yeah, they weren't necessarily playing the men game. Um, not that the men's game is that aggressive, but there's definitely a lot more that you have to like put yourself out there. It's just different, hundred percent. And so they were they were just not given a chance to play their game. Um, so over and then at the same time, um, we were starting to hear a rumor mill in our area that there were some women super into and interested in playing, but they were intimidated by playing against men, whether or not it met, met like they were playing any good but they were just not interested because they were just they have this 
um, I guess, uh, prejudice against this. So, um, so we were, we, it became from, to me, it was more important that we were starting to develop men's game and let them do that. And at the same time, appease some of the people that may have been discouraged from joining the league in the first place. And so now we're sort of, um, growing that and, uh, what's really, really exciting so this 2020, we were like, let's do it. And we set up um, a, a kind of a hefty goal of four guys team and then have eight women's team. So we've had eight co-ed teams and that's it, right? So we're going from eight teams to 12 teams, eight and four. And in 24 hours of opening a registration, we filled out the seven women's teams and now and then offered uh we started trickling in all the individual we've offered it a spot for individuals to sign up and we're already at like yep. halfway through um already so this is really exciting um on the men's side we um within a week we had three men's teams and we are being told that there's going to be a fourth team um so for the men's team, we're going to have to um, make some rules that are going to encourage the numbers. So uh, like NEFA, we're going to allow some women to help recruit and fill the teams and stuff like that. But we do have uh, four guys teams this year, which is going to be incredible uh, for that sport and for their own development. That's awesome. I, you know, I think if I, I had known any of those numbers and I know when I, heard that you know there's gonna be men's division i kind of just tilted my head i was like "Ooh, i don't i I'm, I'm interested to see if that's going to be filled out so i'm that's incredible to hear um because that's just you know it it adds to the ripple effect of 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 what you guys are doing you know no not only are you guys creating opportunity for players um and that sort of culture piece to start in this area but and then participate in the Dirty Water Tournament in the National Hockey League. But then you're looking at, you know, the benefit of that is umpiring, right? Um, you know, we, because you've put such a precedent on umpiring and the quality of the surface and the speed of the game, um, you know, talk a little bit, you know, whether, you know, Lacey or Mari about the umpiring. And, and it seems like it's it's very high end. It's There's this level of respect that, you know, there's not usually a lot of issues, um, but I think it's a great path for development. I mean, I know that I'm excited to hopefully get some games on the men's or women's side, um, and it just, it, it allows you to work on your game as an umpire if you are truly an umpire and you're not just, a, you know, and you're not playing, um, you know, so again, it's it's full circle, but, you know, talk a little bit about uh, that umpiring piece. Have there been any issues? It seems like it's gone pretty smooth. I mean, we love our umpires. We absolutely love our umpires because, this league is an animal that's very different, I'm sure, than the rhythm that umpires get into. Uh, if you are a collegiate umpire in the United States, keep in mind that, you know, you will see a certain style of play. And there are a bunch of there are a bunch of uh, senior people all on the sidelines ready to keep a bunch of college kids in line. So there are coaches, there's assistant coaches, there are athletic directors and administrators, everybody's there. So athletes should be on their best behavior. Um, you know, the other thing too, is that a lot of times athletes in the United States will see a certain style of play. And I've heard some coaches, some college coaches say, well, the style of play in this conference versus the style of play in that conference versus blah, 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 blah. Sure. So that is just in the United States. Now picture people coming from different colleges, different ages, different levels, different countries, all thrown in together. Right. There's no style. It is players playing. So you have officials here who are umpiring adults who, you know, are not going to always have people keep them in check other than their own friends on the sidelines. And you have players who there's not necessarily you can say it's a style of something. It's people playing. So, one, you know, we love our umpires um, and we want to treat them the absolute best we can. Um, you know, so one, you've got umpires who are now officiating adults, which can be different in that a lot of times it could be very, different. Yeah, it could be really fun too. You know, it's just like, yep. Hey, I saw you last yep. week over there at tease. 
like <laughs> you know what i mean like right. hey let's right on the social yeah. side it kind of has that european feel right yeah. you you whatever happens on the field great and then you go have a pint right. after right. and it's it's all you don't see you you hardly see you can't see it in the NCAA. You you can't see it at any level really outside of post collegiate. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it'll be you know it is a social side with umpires, um, you know, and then also at the same time too, I think it's going to really help sharpen them in that it's not like just necessarily a style of play. If you see a foul, you've got to call the foul. If you know you're seeing something that's worth letting it play on, they're letting it play on. It's not like they're going to fall fall into this rhythm of something that's, you know, happening versus not happening type of thing. So sure. I think that, you know, I, I that's why I want to say our league is, you know, we love our umpires, but it's definitely really different, I'm sure, than what a lot of the umpires are used to. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's 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 that ripple effect, right? And it's 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 you see it through and through with this community, alumni coming out of college programs, uh, keeping playing, spreading the game, um, and all sort of initiatives, which is great for the country, great for the hockey in the country. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about, um, indoor field hockey. What's up with that? 2021, <laughs> what are we seeing? Are we, are we getting a little – because that's like all you need is – it's six aside. You need 12, 12 people, a little space. Are we are – we, Dipping our toenail into that. You know or? what? I can say this, and I'll, I'll let Mari talk for it too. Is it's something that we've definitely discussed, and that people have asked for it, and it appears to be a need. Um, so, but you know, as of right now, it's it's in discussion mode. Um, you know, if I don't know if we would need a separate board or keep others on the board with that as well. But you know, I can say that uh, it's definitely a lot of planning that would go into it, no matter what. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Just because we would want to keep it, you know, the, the, the same thing, a really great sense of community and a good level of play for all the athletes. Right. Organized right. structure and quality. Uh, all of these things have to make sure we, we are able to check off when we offer anything. And so that's, I think, my biggest concern is making sure people understand you know, the, the, the level and what we expect out of people when they are out of players, when they come um, and, and participate in something. And we want to make sure we can meet that expectation. So for us to offer any new programs, we have to make sure we know what we're getting ourselves into. <laughs> Sure, of course. You know, I, I know D. Skelly organizes, uh, uh, helps organize that BU, the second man through Minutemen. And, you know, uh, when my email pops up and it's like, hey, uh, we're doing a second man men's only little mini tournament, I'm like, I'm rushing to register because, you know, he does three teams, round robin, you play five or six 12 minute games, you play a little championship. It's a great, great two hours of hockey. Um, so I, you know, again, the demands there, right? Um, and and I'm certainly you know interested to see if you guys do uh, do take that on because I mean indoor is just such a a fun game to play week in week out, even if it's against the same teams or on the smaller side. But you know there's obviously complete logistics and creating a whole second you know season to your year, which I'm sure can be difficult. I mean I I'm right there with you in everything you just said. I love indoor, and when D sends me an email, especially when he says, and this is interesting too, because it was kind of from the past subject but when d sends me an email that says lacy do you want to come play with the men i'm pumped i'm so pumped because i know i'm going to get a really great game um you know but so we do have a lot of people who do really want you know they do want that and yes there is a need but then there's other people who you know who it, it might not tickle their fancy you know d i know is definitely an indoor guy he's not so much of an outdoor guy and north northeast right. premier you know, we started it to be the full field 11 v 11 outdoor game. And there have been some programs that we've tried to do before that just kind of didn't work out, not indoor or anything, but they had to do with, you know, offering it to collegiate players or, you know, various types of things, whatever we do, we want to make sure it sticks. You know, we want to make sure that it definitely does serve the need and that it's done right. And it's sustainable because some programs just take a lot to manage and and we sure. just realize it's you know it's nobody's really like we're or it's just too much work and not enough of the um of like the product or the end result that we're looking for so we just move on just with everything like we get feedback 
we make our decisions off season and then we evolve and try to grow and in a positive way. So uh, before we get to uh, our, our last final bit that I've done with everyone so far, our rapid fire questions, um, uh, Lacey, do you want to just where can people follow on Instagram and all your social media tags and websites? You just want kind of want to plug those real quick for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, our website is www.northeastpremier.com, uh, and uh, you can find us really easily on Facebook as well. Just Northeast Premier. Uh, same thing with Twitter. And Instagram, it is at Northeast Premier. Uh, sorry, it is just at Northeast Premier. Um, and then we are on YouTube as well. We've actually recently started a YouTube. Um, I mean, we have things on YouTube, but we actually just started a YouTube series, and it is Athletes of Northeast Premier. And that's basically, you know, a little bit. We've had four mini episodes come out. They're each between like a minute and two minutes where the athletes just kind of talk about themselves and their lives and how it interacts with the league. So, um, you know, those are ways that you can follow along with us. And, uh, you know, we try and post about hockey, but usually about our athletes as much as we can on those channels. When's TikTok coming? Are you going to get on the TikTok Oh, train? heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> heck yes. All my kids are on the Abs- TikTok. Cape Ann is now yeah. on TikTok. And Absolutely. I don't even know how to use We're going to get on the TikTok train. You know, when we all get together, start playing with each other is when it'll come out more, most likely. Um, you know, because right now, if I were to do it, it would be like me in my bedroom or other people in their bedroom sure. just doing the dances or something. Um, so, you <laughs> yeah. know, I want to make sure that we have. Uh, content when we all get together on the field to be able to do that yes tiktok great so this (laughs) so this last segment rapid fire you guys have less than one minute so it's got to be short it's got to be quick responses to a couple questions and we'll go uh, one at a time mari if you could choose another sport to play what would it be field hockey is not an option sorry say that again sorry if you could choose another sport to play what would it be Uh, ball hockey ball hockey Oh yeah, you're a very competitive <laughs> ball hockey player. That's I should have just known that. Oh, that's awesome, um, Lacey. Cool. It's an even tie between uh, lacrosse and football. Okay. Even tie between lacrosse and football. Let's say if you had to choose one, you had to. If I had to. Yeah, you had to choose one. No lacrosse. ties here. Boom. <laughs> um, oh. Best best hockey moment whether uh it's in the nepl maybe you had some great play or in your college playing or in your just as a player or even a coach or whatever your best hockey moment um i would have to go back to 2004 um when i was playing in the ncaa's uh, so i'm northeastern and uh second round Shout out Huskies. Yeah, shout out Huskies. Um, we, um, we, we go to double overtime against UConn. Um, so UConn that year had an almost perfect season. Um, the, we played them in regular season and we beat them in strokes. And so this is our second time meeting each other. And they had only one loss at this point. So there we are. Um, uh, first round of NCAA so top 16 and we go to double overtime and I get a pass from Leanne um, and I (laughs) shoot from the top of the circle with all my might because at this point I'm like exhausted and I just slam it into the boards and that was it Nice. It was just like game nice. over, and the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, Mari throws her stick. To me. Like <laughs> I collapse on the floor because I'm done, but I'm just ecstatic. We just basically beat, and we unfortunately for UConn it was their second loss of the year. Oh no! <laughs> but um, for us, and you know, Northeastern, the Huskies, UConn, Northeastern always have a rivalry, so that was really like something that was really stuck with me. Yeah, sure. I can imagine. We lost the following Lacey, can, game. Can I'm you talk? Oh no! 
No, it's okay. No, it was Wake okay. Forest. It was the um, they won the national. So I guess if we're gonna well, lose, there you go. we have to lose to the national champions. Lose to the winner. <laughs> yeah, lose to the winner. That's the best way to lose. Uh, Lacey, can you top that? Oh God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say again, you're gonna hate me. I have a tie with two of them. <laughs> all right, you got to choose one. It's under a minute stuff okay, here. All right, this is so, full presses. Is, is is all about the details okay, here. So, Actually, this is a unique spin on hockey is that when I was um, my last tour, when I was in Geneva, I was playing for uh, BBHC and we were in the championship for the Swiss Cup and I was in goal and um, uh, we had held them to a zero zero tie so far. And it was the last two minutes of the game. And I thought the girl took the shot from the outside of the circle so I started to move out of the way, but then I realized it was inside the circle. So I kind of did a little jerk and it hit my boots and went off into the goal cage and ended up counting um, because the ref oh, believed no. that she had hit it from inside of the circle. Um, I was devastated beyond belief. I just couldn't even look at my my teammates, nothing. I When the game ended, I just walked off and I can remember that uh, my team and a lot of this was going on in French too. Like I couldn't really... Uh, most yeah, right, you're follow yeah, so along. at the time I could understand more French, but we had implemented uh, this tradition where if you scored the winning goal, you wore a T-shirt that night that indicated that there was a like a certain I scored T-shirt, and um, you know they uh, I felt awful, and they all just kind of approached me and gave me the shirt with a laugh, and nice. I couldn't believe That's that awesome. they did it because I was so devastated when I turned around and saw saw that and plus they're all saying this things in french and patting me on the back and it was like good season good season type of thing um so i mean that was one of my favorite hockey moments (laughs) uh can be a negative turn into a positive i like that spin for sure it was um it's pretty crazy so with that, um, hey, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules. I know you guys are in the, you know, in the middle of planning all of this, and that takes additional time to your families and your work and uh, being stuck indoors and, 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 and dealing with this uh, chaotic time. So um, from Full Press, thank you guys so much for coming on. really appreciate it. Thank you. Chris, thank you so much. I think this thing that you're doing is uh, really just wicked cool. Um, I can't wait to hear more episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Full Press, the Field Hockey Podcast. New episodes will be delivered to your desktop every Monday morning. As this develops, our goal is to generate more content for our listeners. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes right now. Please subscribe, write a review, and share with your community. You can follow us on Instagram at Full Press Podcast. That's full underscore press underscore podcast. And online at our website, www fullpresspodcast.com. Thanks so much.